We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. move on to the freshman class ryan let's go to some guys that we think could be ready to make an impact this spring and honestly the first place to go it's easy it's wide receiver notre dame has three early enrollees on campus right now Jaden greathouse rico flores braylon james and those three guys to me all have a chance this spring to kind of breakout i think the first two guys especially great house and rico flores are guys that could really make a push and and uh i, I think this freshman in this the freshman class is going to make an impact this year whether yeah. that's they're going to step up and make plays or they're going to push other guys to step up sure. don't know which one it's going to be right now but to me i think this freshman class has a chance to make its presence felt in this spring there's no position where there's going to be a greater chance for that than at wide receiver and it was great to hear when you had your media availability that both Jaden and Rico are going to be good to go for the spring, right? Because they're the two guys that we have kind of established as two of the guys that we think could make the biggest impacts because he they are players that are a little more nuanced, a little more along as far as from the technical aspects of the game. You know, Jaden Greathouse and Rico are both very good route runners. They're both consistent pass catchers. The one thing I loved hearing about Jaden Greathouse's media availability, Brian, is I, I, one thing that he said was when the when the football hits my hands, I'm going to catch it. Like, I'm just going to do it, right? And that's – there's a confidence there too. And I, I think that that's something that we need to talk about in that conversation is that Jaden Greathouse and Rico Flores both, and Braylon James too, to, you know, to, in this conversation, they're going to come into this spring ready to compete. Like those guys are going to be ready to ball out and to put their best foot forward. And, you know, I would pick Jaden Greathouse to be my guy as far as who's the breakout freshman wide receiver on the, on the, um, on the roster. But I think that you can make the case easily as for Rico because Rico is far along from a, from a development perspective. He has that type of profile to him, but ultimately the reason that I think that you could see some movement from those guys, all three of them is because man, they are all talented in their own ways, but they're incredibly competitive. At the end of the day, that I think could separate them for me. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I think, I think Rico's a guy that could really surprise a lot of people. I mean, he, he was rated third of, for me at receiver fourth upside wise, but man, Ryan, you look at that kid play, you know, we're talking earlier about cocky Rico's that way. And I mean, again, I mean that in a good way and Jaden Greathouse is that way too, right? When you look at the best receivers more often than not, this isn't always true. More often than not, they have sort of an attitude about them an arrogance about them, not arrogance, a cockiness about them and a, 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 just a swagger about them where you're just like, and it's not even like, I'm not talking about the obnoxious stuff that we see from like the Miami guys, but I'm just talking about, they just, I know I'm good and I know you can't cover me and I don't have a problem talking about it. I mean, you listen to Jaden Greathouse talk and he's not arrogant, but you're just like, dude, this guy is really confident in himself. Now he, we'll find out if that's justified or not, but he's very confident in himself. And Rico is too. Rico does it in such an unassuming way though. That's yeah. what I liked about, cause that was the first time I've actually sp- spoken to him. You, you know, you cover recruiting, you've talked to Rico. Yep. That was my first time really talking to him. And you're just like, he's like, just a, you know, fun. He's like, when he talks, he's always got a smile on his face. Yeah. Even when he's not saying something that he should be smiling about. I don't mean that. Like, like he's just explaining, he's just kind of got this like really like harmless smile on his face, but it's just, it's a quiet confidence that he has. And you're just like, I asked him this, for example, I said, and I loved this answer and I'll have an article about it eventually. I said, you know, so, so I know obviously, you know, you work on all parts of your game. I said, but you know, what are the things that, that you look at and say, this is the, you know, this is what I got to really emphasize going into my first spring. And he goes, honestly, he goes, I got to work on all of it. He goes, cause if I'm spending all my time working on this, but I'm not working on my pass catching, then all of a sudden, guess what? I'm gonna start dropping more balls. Cause I haven't spent enough time working on my pass catching. He starts to explain this answer of he's got to work on his whole craft all the time. Otherwise it gets some parts. Gets, I'm like, this is such a veteran answer. You know what I mean? Like, this is such a great answer. And he didn't answer it in a way where it's like, he's giving me some 
line about, well, you know, I'm always working on all parts of my game where it's just like, okay, dude, like I'm trying to have a conversation with you. It wasn't like that. It was an engaging answer. And he gave an example of what if I'm working on this and then guess what? This part of my game is going to, and it was like, this is a great answer. This kid knows the receiver position. He understands the process. process. Yeah. And that's what you love to see about a kid like that. And Jaden Greathouse is a very similar way. They're both advanced players, route runners. And Rico Ryan, you could kind of see he's filling out a, yeah. a lot too. Like he even said, like, I didn't, we didn't do a lot of lifting, like upper body lifts in, in, in high school. And he's doing a lot. And his just, I mean, you're just seeing him fill out now. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to play a lot, but I'm telling you right now, Dion and Tobias and Lorenzo and Jane Thomas and Caleb Smith, they're, it's not going to take very long for them to be like, yeah, I better bring it today because these freshmen are not, they're not messing around. They're really not messing around. Well, I, uh, and that makes you better, in my opinion. Well, Brian, I think we talked about this before, but I do think that there is a key conversation here for those three wide receivers, the three freshmen, that Jaden Greathouse played at Austin Westlake, which had a 53-game winning streak, which won three straight state championships while he was a part of the program. And he had like 50 career touchdown catches, right? Like he was a part of a great program and a vital member of that program for four years. Like he was that kind of guy, right? Rico Flores, who you just mentioned, went to Folsom High School out in California. And Folsom's one of the better programs in all of high school football as well. So those guys have been prepared for this moment. Braylon James played in one of the most talent-rich high school areas in all of high school football out there in the Austin area in the state of Texas. He was playing the Jane great houses of the world on a week to week basis. When you assume all those things together for me, when you consider where these guys all come from, I shouldn't be surprised that they're all super competitive, right? I shouldn't right. be surprised that they all feel like they're prepared why for this recruit those areas, right? Exactly why you recruit those areas is you're getting exactly. kids that are coming with some attitude and they've been challenged. I was speaking with somebody yesterday about a recruit and it was just telling me, he's like, one of the reasons that I like this kid is because I have seen him line up against other dudes and he competes his butt off and he does well. And, and I was like, yeah, I get it. You know, I get it. Um, so I, you love that mentality of those kids. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do. Another guy that, that I'm, that I'm very, I'm very curious to see what he does this spring, Ryan, in the freshman class. Because uh, keep in mind, a lot of the freshmen are not on campus. Like J- Jer- Jeremiah Love's not on campus. Uh, Caleb Smith, the younger, is not on campus. Cooper Flanagan's not on campus. And four of the five offensive linemen aren't on campus. There's right. only one that's on campus, and that's Sam Pendleton. I'm very curious to see how quickly Sam can pick up the offense. Because when you look at him, it doesn't look like a freshman. And he even mentioned when I interviewed him, he's like, you know, I've lost a lot of my gut. I'm filling out here. And you could see it. And you could see the upper body starting to fill out, right? Like, you're like, okay, we saw pictures of him in the fall when he visited Notre Dame. And you saw, you know, 17, 18-year-old kid. He's got some baby fat. He's got a gut. He's got – he's just a big 300-pound kid, you know, kid from Carolina. I saw him in the spring. I'm like, that's not the same dude we saw taking pictures in the, you know, his shirt kind of like, here's what you want to see from an offensive lineman. You don't want to see a shirt that kind of goes like this, right? So it goes down and then goes out. You want to see a a shirt that's kind of just always out. And what I mean by, if anything is out and then kind of comes in a little bit, because what that means is the better shape alignment gets in the less, at least the guys that Notre Dame recruits, the 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 more you see the gut kind of go in 
and the thighs and the butt and the chest expand. Right. Right. Like Alabama's made a killing with the guys with the big old guts and the big old midsections because L- it's LSU too. Yes. It's just yep. a different type of big. And it's a different type of offense. It's more short area, power, movers off the line. Notre Dame needs athletes. They need guys that have the thickness, right? And so you look at the Zach Martins, the Quentin Quentin Nelson did not have a big gut. He was just huge everywhere. Aaron Banks is about the only guy that they've had, Tommy Kramer to a degree, that any kind of real, like any kind of real gut. You know what I mean? And it wasn't even bad there. And it's it's just that that's what you see from Sam. And he looks like a veteran. Now he's still a freshman. He's still got a lot to learn. I'm curious to see if Sam can kind of make some noise this spring and yeah. be a guy that can push the older players. And well, I mean, older meaning like the sophomores, <laughs> the juniors, right. you know, but he's an interesting cat because he is strong, Ryan, right. like strong for his age. He's another guy that I have my eye on. Yeah, because, I mean, like you said, the one thing you knew about Sam Pendleton from just kind of the recruiting side and from his time, you know, in his high school in North Carolina and Regan High School is that he is an incredibly hard worker. There's no doubt about that. Like, you see, he would post workout videos all the time where he's putting up, like, substantial weight. Like, not a little bit of weight, not, like, trying to show off weight, like, legitimate weight that is preparing him to play at the next level. Like, he's a little bit of a gym rat. He always has been from at least, you know, the time that I've known him. So I'm not surprised that physically he looks ready to go, right? Like 6'4", 300, 305 pounds, somewhere in that ballpark, and like a good 300 pounds. Like like you said, it's not a bad not bad weight. It's turning into very good weight. And some other guys, O'Brien, on this roster are in some kind of vicarious positions. Because you think about like Rocco Spindler, for instance, right? Where it's like third-year player, some younger guys coming up. Is he able to kind of fend off the younger guys and get an opportunity to maybe potentially start? Then there's guys like Ty Chan, who's, you know, only a sophomore, but still, you know, you have a guy that's coming up one year younger than him. If Ty Chan gets supplanted by a Sam Pendleton in the spring and this offseason, then you're like, that's a tough spot to be in kind of moving forward a little bit, right? So I think there's a lot of quality depth interior offensive line for Notre Dame, especially, you know, even you could throw in some of the, you know, Ashton Craig at center, for instance, right? And those types of guys. But I think Sam, this offseason, has the potential to can he vault some of the depth and get himself in a good position where if Andrew Kostovic is the starter this year, for instance, at one of the guards, going into 2024, does Sam Pendleton have an inside track to maybe being the next guy in on the other side of Billy Shrouth as the opposite guard? So I think that he has a chance to vault some some. Younger guys this offseason, as far as the depth is concerned. And, you know, I think that he has the, I think he has the personality to do that and he has the competitiveness to do that. But it will be interesting to see if he can kind of, you know, clear some guys this offseason or if he's just kind of, you know, getting set in the ways and figuring out the transitional stuff. I have to think it's more the former because I think that he has prepared himself for this moment. But it'll be interesting to see if how much of a, a leeway that he can create and how much impact he can have on the depth of the of the uh, guard roster this offseason. I think moving over the defense is going to be interesting, Ryan, and some freshmen I'm looking forward to because we have a big question mark about what is the interior depth chart going to look like behind the two expected starters, Riley Mills and and, uh, and Howard Cross. And a freshman, again, four freshmen, four guys signed in the 23 class. Only one of them's on campus right now. 
And the guy on campus now is Devin Houston, who who I think you and I agreed is and I, well, I'll say if I we I'll just say this because I, I think we're on the same. I'll say this and you can agree with me or not. He may not have the highest ceiling of all the D linemen, and we don't think that he does. Actually, he ranks at the bottom of my four in regards to if they all reach their full potential, he's fourth. And now they're all very good. Yeah. But he's probably fourth. But he, in my view, had the highest ceiling of all Agreed. the four defensive linemen. The guy yeah. that I thought could be the most ready to play. He shows up at 285. I'm curious to see how he takes to Matt Bayless because if he takes well to Matt Bayless's strength program, I could easily see Devin Houston at some point in time this season working himself into a rotation spot. And we'll start to see it a little bit in the spring because if he's going to be ready in the fall, he'll at least flash this spring. He may not look like a world beater day one, but we'll see some flashes of like, okay, Devin was locked in today. He did some things. And then the next day, maybe not so much. That's kind of what you usually see from freshmen like him. I'm very curious to see what Devin Houston's going to do this year. Because he has a clean frame. He's a, he's a longer kid. You know, he's right around six foot four, but he's got good length to him as far as his interior position. And him at 285 pounds, Brian, is very promising because I could I could see a world where he adds another five to 10 pounds this offseason going into fall camp, and he's 290, 295, and he might be ready to play, you know? And ultimately, we've been talking about guys like Jason Onye now for a couple seasons, right? Like, I remember last offseason, we were talking about developmental potential, you know, and there's obviously upside there. But can Devin Houston vote a guy like a Jason Onye in year one? Is that possible? And if he does, he might be alive for some snaps this year. Right. Like that's the that's the world that we live in, right? So he's going to have to beat out some, some veterans in that group. But, I mean, I would say Devin Houston at 6'4", 285-plus pounds, a guy that played defensive end in high school, good athlete, has some physicality to him. If he's ready to play, let's get him some work, man, because the interior depth of the defensive line is not a great situation right now. It's not. Like, there's a lot of question marks. There's more questions than answers. So if Devin can just give you a little bit of an answer, I think it's worth at least exploring the opportunity if he has a big spring. So, Ryan, next level is going to be interesting, right? Very interesting because for a lot of – in a lot of years – a guy like Jaden Osbury and Drake Bowen, they're going to be guys that are going to be able to make some noise. The interior depth chart at linebacker, the interior linebacker depth chart is not nearly as good right now as maybe some think from a number standpoint. And it could end up getting thinner by the end of the semester. So the freshmen aren't that far off, like like you maybe you might think. So I'm curious to see what kind of moves and what kind of noise Drake Bowen and Jaden Osborne can play. Number one, I'm curious to see where they're going to play. Right. Like, I, I won't be shocked if we see Jaden Osbury playing Rover, for example, this spring. I won't be shocked if we see Jaden Drake Bowen playing Will, although I'd love to see him just look. Who's your next at Mike? J.D. Bertrand's done after this year. I mean, who's that, your that Mike? That was going to be my question. Is you don't junior. know who that next guy is. Right. So you who's don't your really Mike? So I want to see Drake get that shot. Just put him there. Just stop messing around. Stop cross-training freshmen. Just, you know, let let them, let them get some snaps at a couple spots, but let them find a home pretty early and let them develop there. Master that spot, then go work on another one. Yeah. And to me, I want to see Drake Bowen get that shot of Mike. And and that's that's going to be a big one for, for me. Now, technically, J.D. could come back for a sixth year in 2024, I don't know why he would want to do that or why Notre Dame would want to do that. I mean, it's time to for the kid to move on to the next the next tenure at this point in time. But 
you know, I expect him to be a team captain again. So, I mean, there's, well, I, I understand why Notre Dame want to do it. Team captain, you know what he's, what he is, good football player. I just feel like if he has, if he has the breakout year, I think he's capable of Ryan JD go. You're, huh. you're not going to get bigger, taller, or faster next year. You just had a, a heck of a year. You've had almost 30 tackles for loss last three years Dude, just go. Don't risk an injury. If he doesn't have the breakout year that I think he can have, then there's no need to bring him back. He, he is what he is, right? right? Go with the younger, more talented player. So either way, I don't know if I'd want to bring him back in 2024 or if he should even want to come back in 2024. So you've got to get these guys ready to play. Could it be Nolan Ziegler, Mike? I don't know. But I want to really see where we're – now, Preston Zinter, we could talk about two. He's the longest in, of the group. I think Preston's probably more of a – need a year to get in the weight room and develop and find his role. Maybe he could be the Mike, you know, he could maybe end up being a, a, a Viper perhaps. So he's an interesting one, but I think Drake and Jaden are guys that I'm going to have my eye on this spring, Ryan, to see if these freshmen can kind of force their way into making some noise where, you know, Jalen Sneed doesn't, let's say Jalen doesn't come in with the right mentality of things. Jaden Osborne is the kind of kid that could come in and, and start making plays. You're like, Hey bro, you better step it up, right? It's hypothetical. Again, I'm not saying yeah. I'm expecting that from Jalen Steed. I'm just making a point. You know, let's say let's say Nolan Ziegler isn't locked there, you know, ready to really come in and compete. I expect him to. I'm making an example. Drake Bowen's kind of kid to say, hey, bud, you better you better step it up and be ready to go, or or I'm gonna beat you out. All right. And I think that's great. I think that kind of competition, that kind of depth is great. And I just hope that those kids can pick things up quickly enough and be given a chance to, to make that kind of push. The spring is the perfect time for it, Ryan. It really is. I think Jane, if, if they put Jaden Osbury at Rover and just leave him there as a freshman, I think he's good enough to play, man. Like, I think you could play in year one. I think Drake Bowen could play in year one if you had to as well. Like, I think both those guys are good enough to play football in year one of their Notre Dame careers. I'm very interested to see Jaden Osbury, especially from a body type perspective, right? Like, because right now he's like in that kind of gray area between Rover and Will body type, right? Like more closer to 200 pounds than 220 right now. Can you get your body up to 210, 215 before the season where now you're like, okay, you could throw him in at Will and he continues to develop, continues to get bigger. And I agree completely with your first sentiment, Brian. It was my first question was like, after J.D. Bertrand, who's your heir apparent at Mike? I don't know who yeah. that guy is. Like, And this could be a great opportunity this season whether Drake plays a decent amount or if he just redshirts this year to get him ready to be that guy, right? Because you have to have a little bit of foresight to some of this stuff where it's like, hey man, second team reps, let's get some, let's get Drake some work today. Let's get him some work at Mike because after after we lose a guy like JD who's been a three-year player for us, we don't know who the next guy is and put him in the same position as a guy like JD. Cause the one thing that was great too, Brian, is that JD is a smart football player, right? He's a really smart, well-spoken kid. He could learn a lot from a guy like a, a Drake bone could learn a lot from a guy yes. like that. And then if oh, he gets yes. that mental capability, Hey man, now we're talking about a six two, two 235 pound guy instead of a six foot, barely 230 yeah. pound guy, right? That's the evolution of the position in my, in my opinion. And I think that he can really get a lot out of potentially being that Mike in year one because I think that he can be that heir apparent if everything goes well. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'll bet you $1,000 that if, if Drake Bowen becomes a great player, you're going to hear him talking about the influence J.D. Bertrand had on him. I bet, oh, no I doubt. Guarantee no it. Doubt. Guarantee yeah. it. And that's that's – and that's where I, I I covet a guy like J.D. Bertrand because I feel like a guy like J.D. Bertrand understands that. It's like I'm not just here. I'm not a captain just because of, you know, I work hard in the weight room. Like my role as a captain, I'm not only bound to do the best that I can do as a player, but to leave my mark beyond my time. That's what separates like the Quentin Nelsons, the Zach Martins. You want to know why Zach Martin continues to come back? and work at Notre Dame and to work at the camps. It's not as a favor to Harry Heastan. It's a small part of that. He loves his former coach and all that, but it's, I, I have a legacy that I, that I'm a part of that. I want to keep going. It's to this university and to this tradition. It's like, I want to be able to look back and say, I left a legacy beyond just my time as a starter. And when, when, you know, if J.D. Bertrand's able to make a, an NFL team in some capacity, you know, three years from in a row, he's watching Drake Bowen battle for a Buckus Award job or a Jaden Osbury do that or Jalen Steed or Nolan Ziegler, he's going to look back and say, you know, I had a role in that and helping yeah. that kid develop. That's the duty that I have as a starting Mike linebacker, as a captain. I think J.D. Bertrand understands that more than a lot of kids do. I, I yeah. think the Notre Dame offensive linemen have understood that for a long time. And that's something that gives me some encouragement too. He does not strike me, and I could be wrong on this. He doesn't strike me as a I'm not going to help you because you're pushing for my job kind of guy. <laughs> right, right. He just doesn't strike that. I think JD's confident enough in his ability to be like, I'm going to go do me, and and but it's my job to make sure because what if I get hurt? What if I right. get kicked out again because of ca- targeting? I'm going to make sure that the guy behind me is ready to go. Yep. And if he happens to be better than me, more power to him. But I don't think he will be. That's how JD strikes me. And sure. and I hope that Drake, because here's part of it. You can be that way as a captain, but that guy's the, the younger player's got to be receptive to that. Yes. You've gotten to know Drake Bowen a lot more than I have. He strikes me as the kind of kid that will be receptive to that. Yes. In he, my opinion. He, he he listens, man. He yes. listens. You can tell you can tell some guys when you talk to them, they kind of hear you, but they're not listening. You know what I mean? Drake Bowen's one of those guys that you can tell is like intently listening to what you're saying to him. So I, I think that he would be a sponge. And I think Jay Nosbury would be a sponge too, yes. to whatever position he's playing at as well. Like I do think that they're very studious. Get, throw Preston Zinter in that conversation too. Like I think all three of those kids are that way where they're going to listen, they're going to learn, and they're going to understand that they don't know all the answers yet, which is a, yeah. a key thing to know. 
Last one for me, there's two positions. And obviously, Don Schuler is not going to get a chance to do anything this spring. He's recovered from the right. shoulder injury. The two DBs, Ben Minich and Christian Gray, I think both will have a chance to make some noise this year. Look, I'd much rather redshirt Ben Minich. I do. I really want a redshirt Ben Minich. I want to create yeah. some separation between him and Xavier Watson and Ramon Henderson, who both have 23 and 24 as years of eligibility remaining. I want to see. I want to see some separation there. But I sometimes feel like he strikes me as the kind of kid where it's just it's a, he makes it impossible. Like I just uh, you know I don't want to put him on the special teams, but. I, how do I not? How do I just I not put it? Like I could see Ben Minich being that kind of guy. I really could. Yeah. The other guy to me that could end up making a, a, a much bigger impact than expected is Christian Gray. I have a feeling if Christian Gray has the right mentality, makes the proper mental adjustment, I think Christian Gray Ryan could be a guy that, in a depth chart, we say, well, there's not really room for a young guy to come in and push the way that Benjamin Morrison did last year. It doesn't matter that Christian Gray could be that kind of guy. And I think we're going to start to see that pretty early on in his career. So I think those two guys are two more freshmen that could have a big impact. And I think Gray's could be more in the spring because I think Ben Minich's impact would most likely be more of a special teams role. We won't see any of that this spring. Right. Like we won't, I promise you, we'll hardly see any kind of special teams beyond like drills. We won't see stuff in the blue gold game. That's more of a fall camp type of thing. But I think, I think, I think Christian Gray is a guy that could have a chance to kind of come in and just make some noise early. Cause he, Ryan, he's got all the tools and he's one of the most battle tested kids that Notre Dame signed in the 23 class. He is one of the most instinctive football players in the class. One of the most battle tested to your point. I wouldn't be shocked too. It's, it's not as easy as a, tra- a trajectory as maybe being the heir apparent at Mike, but I mean, would it shock you if Christian Gray is the heir apparent to being the guy after Cam Hart, would that be shocking to you? I wouldn't be shocked. I at think all he's about the heir apparent to both corners. And, and sure. l- let me explain. Let me explain. <laughs> yeah. What I'm saying is, I think he's the guy that kind of comes in and grooms behind Cam. Yep. And steps in for the starting lineup behind Cam. Then after 2024, when Benjamin goes pro, you see him slide into the boundary and take yep. over the boundary. That's what that. I mean by that. Where yep. he plays alongside Benjamin for a year, Benjamin goes pro. And then Kent and Christian slides over to the boundary and he keeps that that boundary corner thing rolling. That's I what I that. that's what I kind of see. Right. I, I I could definitely see that. And one other spot I'd be interested to see if, you know, because I, I agree with you. I think Ben Minich special teams is definitely the area early on that he can make the biggest impact. And that's not as highlighted in spring, like you said. But I would also be interested, Brian, because I know we talked about this a little bit, but the depth chart after the nickel position uh, at the nickel position is an interesting one for me, right? Where you look at and you say Thomas Harper's the assumed guy, Clarence Lewis could play there if you need him to, sure. But is there any other guys that you really like playing inside as an extension of the safety position, right? Especially, and I look at Ben Minish and I say I think that kid can do some stuff in the slot. I think he could do stuff stuff in the nickel on top of you know obviously developing as a true safety role, but. I'd just be interested to see how the staff uses him in the spring. Like, do they like to look at him at the slot at all? Is he a guy that they're just going to play in that, you know, boundary safety role so he can rotate to the middle of the field a ton? I'm just more interested to see defensively how they view him as a player. Because I could legitimately see a world in a couple years where 
Ben Minich is your starting nickel cornerback. Like I could see that absolutely because I think he has that short area quickness. Like in the slot you're talking about? Yes, yes. With that short area quickness, the click and close, the twitchiness. Like he has some of that profile, I think, to playing in the slot a ton. So does he see a little bit of that in the spring? Is that something that they forecast him in the future? Or is he playing exclusively as in one of the true safety roles? So I'm interested to see how they use Minich more than anything because I agree with you. I think that his – Impact could be felt more on special teams in year one, especially. Yeah, it's if 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 those two guys are what we think they are, and, and we'll find out. That's where you start to say, okay, your depth is really good. Your depth yeah. is starting. I feel a lot better about my depth now than I did going into the spring. If those two guys are with there, because look, here's the thing about these freshmen: we feel good about it, but we've never seen these kids playing in college football at all and practice right. in any. And every kid handles it differently. Benjamin Morrison came in and from day one was like, yep, that dude's ready to go. Wasn't here in the spring. It's just everyone that you talked to last spring was like the day that he arrived. I even talked to a parent of a corner and he was like, yeah, you can just see it. Like first practice, you can say that guy's just different. I mean, Mm -hmm. and that's what the great ones are, right? Like you could see it in Quentin Nelson. The minute he showed up like, yeah, this guy looks different. This guy moves different. This guy hits different. Jalen Smith was that way. We've talked about last year. Jalen, you know, Tobias is that way. Jalen Sneed was that way. Nolan Ziegler's that way. There's a, and that's why you start. We got so fired up yesterday talking about the young freshman sophomores because since Marcus Freeman and Chad Bowden have arrived, they've been bringing in more and more athletes like that. More and, and Mike Mickens has done that at corner. More and more guys who are just like this cat's different than what they used to to land at these positions, mm-hmm. and and you know they've had to battle for those guys. But you know you look at Jaden Osbury like this cat's just different yeah. than some of the cat the, the dudes that they've recruited in the past. And that's what you start getting excited. Now, now you need to hope that they can that they can get comfortable early, yeah. that they can figure it out, that they can get strong enough and mentally strong enough and handle the academic workload and all that. That's the challenge for a freshman in Notre Dame is it's not just about the football piece. It's, dude, you got a calc final, you know, <laughs> on, on Friday before this big game against Ohio State, right? I mean, yeah, you know, or you know, calc test or whatever, and and that's what makes it different. And not all those kids can handle that early on. And so that's what's going to be interesting from the freshman to see who can and cannot handle that role. That's going to be interesting. So, Ryan, that's going to do it for the breakdown of the freshman. We're going to have a mailbag coming up next, and we've got some really good questions in there so far. So if you have some more mailbag questions, uh, throw those in there now. We're going to get to those here in a second. But before you, you leave, please, folks, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast. If you haven't already done so, please sign up for the message board at boards.irishbreakdown.com. We would love that support from you. If you've always wondered, hey, I want to support you guys, but I'm not really a message board guy. You don't have to get on. It's not like if you sign up and you join a booster club or something that I'm going to say, hey, you haven't been on the message board enough. You're out of here. (laughs) If you've wanted to find a way to support us, uh, that's a great way to do it. It's it's and honestly, it's better for us than super chats, right? Because we get a larger portion of the fee we just pay the credit card processing fee and then we get the rest whereas google takes i mean sometimes about half it it varies you know what we see and what we think we should see and what we get so we would greatly appreciate that folks you can find that at boards at irishbreakdown.com you can either join monthly at 4.99 a month you can join annually at 49.99 a month a year or if you just want to support us above and beyond and you're you're fortunate enough to be in that position you can join the shamrock blue or gold clubs as well those are $100 per year up. If you join the Shamrock or Blue Club, you get a mug that's similar to this, but it says IB uh, Club. 
on it. And it only goes to club members. Nobody else has one. As you can see, I don't have one. And, and you'll get that if you join the gold club, then you not only get the mug, but you also get an IB gold club t-shirt. Ryan doesn't have one. I don't have one. Only gold club members have one. And it's our way of saying thank you for your support of Irish Breakdown. So you can find that at boards.irishbreakdown.com. Go to sign up and you'll see those options there. We would love it if you would be able to support what we're building here and what we're doing at Irish Breakdown. Thank mm-hmm. you.